Welcome into the Son of a Batch podcast. This week, the son is taking care of business at business school. I will be talking to a couple who have been watching the franchise for a very long time. I am excited to jump in and get their take on the most pivotal season. I'm not the kind of girl you bring home to mama. If my mama loves me, then why can't I'm not the kind of girl you bring home to mama. If my mama loves me, then why can't yours? Say I'm not the kind of So welcome. I would like to introduce our guests. We have a repeat guest, Anna Gomez. Hi. And her husband, Jordan. Hello. So welcome. Thank you. I'm very excited to have... So this is the adult podcast because the average age of this podcast is so much higher than what it is when I do it with my 21-year-old son. And I'm a little nervous because he's really good at running the show. So we'll see how this goes. But I wanted to, I, I want to get a little bit of background. I know when we had Anna on the podcast, she talked about Jordan, you were the one that introduced her to the Bachelor franchise. And I thought that was amazing because I keep trying to hook my husband. And even though he's the one that told me tonight that Chris Harrison's going to be on Good Morning America tomorrow, he hasn't like sat and watched very many episodes with me. So how did you get started in the franchise? Uh, I started watching is in the early 2000s. Um, I was in high school and uh, I thought like, wow, this is a great show. It's like, you know, 20 something year old women and and a lot of them. And like that, that seems like a pretty awesome concept to me. So I, that's how I started. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. And then uh, got on to the, the, the Bachelorette for no good reason other than it was it kind of followed uh, the uh, the Bachelor. So I hear you because I, you know, I'm all in. I do Bachelor. I, I waited a long time to be a Bachelor in Paradise person. I really waited a long time and then found that that's probably the best part of the franchise. Do you have, Jordan, do you have a favorite of the three that you prefer? Um, in terms of quality, I think I agree with you. I think a Bachelor in Paradise is the best. Um, uh, I, I've grown kind of worn of the, uh, the, the Bachelor and Bachelorette, I think, lately. Um, and so I think the, the Bachelor in Paradise, um, I think not only has the highest success rate, but also... Uh, you know, is the better, better show at this point. Yeah, I would agree. What about you, Anna? I am a huge Bachelor in Paradise fan. I just love how messy it is. But <laughs> I also do really love The Bachelorette. I think that is my favorite. I think The Bachelorette is also my favorite. Um, I, I I like The Bachelor the least, and it's because of all the drama. And I think this year, more than any other season that we've seen, Maybe there wasn't more drama in the house, but they chose to show more drama in the house. And I, I think a little bird told me, Jordan, that this has not been your favorite season. Yeah, it's um, like, honestly, I think the show, The the Bachelor peaked around Sean's season. Um, and uh, yeah, I would, I would agree. I think the show has been kind of on this, uh, you know, march to just you know, overly manufactured drama and much less substance than it used to have. Like it used to be, there would be, you know, 
maybe one villain or something like that. And, you know, clearly the producers were maybe, you know, getting her to stick around longer than necessary. Um, but then eventually, you know, she would drop off and then you had the, you know, the, the rest of the show was pretty much like, you know, on point uh, with the, the, the whole point of the show. Um, and lately it's just been layers of layers of, of, of um, what feels like over manufactured drama. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And when Luke and I started this pilot, Pete was his first bachelor season. And to this day, I still get hives thinking about how his mother behaved. Um, oh my gosh, Barb. Uh, I, I was so beside myself watching a mom behave that way <laughs> that I could hardly focus. Um, so Luke hasn't had a lot of experience with it, but I, I was pretty, I was excited about this season having a black bachelor. I knew a little bit about Matt James because he is roommates with Tyler. And again, I'm going to tell, I'm going to say this. I say this all the time. I think I am the only person that doesn't think Tyler Cameron is the hottest man on the planet, but I do like their friendship. And there were a lot of things that I was listening to about, you know, what their relationship was as friends. And so I, I got to the point where I was pretty excited and he seems like a really great guy. And I feel so bad for him that this is, this season has become what it has. I feel like he did a really good job as the bachelor though, of just when someone said this person is causing drama for better or worse, kick them out. Um, but it is interesting that during the women tell all, when they asked him kind of how he felt about the women, he said they're not bad people because he's gotten to know them. But he didn't yeah. really elaborate much more than that. He was pretty close-lipped. Right, right. So let's, before we jump into the women tell all, let's talk about the, so I think it's cool in a way that pop culture is kind of educating us and we can, people who have watched the Bachelor franchise for a long time we're getting to see racism. We're getting to see white supremacy. We're getting to see all these conversations that are very difficult conversations. I'm very new to the table. And yet I think it's really interesting to have a show where it's predominantly white audience having to watch this happen. And there is just constant drip of drama through the whole thing. And I, I feel like I'm learning a lot and it's interesting to watch. But I want to get your take on, um, I think the two big news items this week were that Emmanuel Acho, and my husband yells at me that I always say his name wrong, so I might have said that wrong, that he's going to host the After the Final Rose and that Rachel Lindsay had to delete her Instagram account from so much cyberbullying. So I wanted to kind of get your guys' thoughts on what's going on with the franchise right now. Chris Harrison, you know, all of that stuff. I would just love to see where you guys are at. Well, I think it's really important. This is sort of coming from a person with a background in um, education that you need to have the mentality that everybody can learn and grow and it's important to educate them. I don't think vilifying people helps make great change in our world. I think it's important to 
give people education and give them a chance to grow, but it's not an overnight thing. So I think it's really important, though, that we also don't force people like Rachel to be the one to explain why something is offensive to her culture or to others. You know what I mean? I think they could have brought in an expert. I think they could have brought in someone that could speak on the topic and, you know, maybe she would have not received as much hate. But then again, she's also has her free will and she might have wanted to do that. But I think it's really disappointing that so many people are saying such awful, awful things to her, whether it's on the internet or in real life. I mean, there's no excuse to be rude. Totally agree. Jordan, what do you think? I mean, there's there's a lot going on in this franchise right now. Yeah, I, I usually uh, defer all of the uh, social justice stuff to Anna because uh, she uh, she studied that and, or and been involved in that for a lot longer than I have. But um, yeah, I listened to uh, the extra interview with um, um, Rachel Lindsay and Chris Harrison. And the only thing, like, I don't think Chris said anything – and I, and I should preface this with, I'm not the biggest Chris Harrison fan. Like I think you could stick, you know, a mouth reading ape if, in place of his job <laughs> and he could, and it would do about the same about as well as Chris Harrison. But, um, you know, the, I don't think Chris said anything overtly bad. I think he was the, the gist of the, I think the, the gist of what he was trying to say is let's not go, you know, throw, you know, some, what, I don't know how old the Rachel from the show is. Um, she's like 20, some 20, young in, in her early twenties, um, yeah. you know, under the bus for something that happened a couple of years ago. Um, and um, I think that that's a perfectly acceptable, you know, thing to say. Um, I, you know, like myself, I didn't know about the whole antebellum thing until earlier, probably this year when, uh, Lady Antebellum changed her name to Lady A and I had to go look up like the, what antebellum was, um, and its relation to slavery and racism, all that. So, you know, and, and I, I think I like to think I'm pretty educated and, and I, I try to go out of my way to learn things and understand things. Um, so I think there is a cohort of, you know, people out there that, um, you know, generally don't know and they're willing to listen and understand. But I think as a society, if we continue down this path of immediately vilifying people, um, on either side of it, um, we're not, there's not going to be any progress made because people aren't going to want to even ask or, or, um, you know, discuss these, you know, systemic, uh, racial issues in, in, uh, in our society and that's going to get us nowhere. So, um, I think, you know, people on both sides need to kind of chill and just listen to each other. I love that. I, I, a couple things that you brought up that I, that I love. So I think, um, you guys are from Kansas. I'm from Colorado. Ignorance, not knowing, I do. I don't know that 
antebellum, I would have totally known what that was either. And, and that, I think that goes back. I love that I have a teacher on this podcast today (laughs) because that goes back to education and the kind of things that are missing from our education as we grow up as kids. So I I mean, and I think one thing a lot of people don't realize that every state is so different. So for example, where I teach, um, I mean, each grade level learns different things, but also each state is different. So for example, when my friend was in elementary school in Texas, they didn't call it the Civil War. They called it the Northern Aggression at the school she went to. And so I think it's really important that you be you have to be, if you're going to engage in a conversation with someone about thousands of years of human history and racism and really different difficult topics, you have to be open to listening to what they say, but you have to also give give yourself an opportunity to say, if someone tells you that you did something hurtful, you pause and you say, could you explain it to me? I would like to know. Right. You know, that's really important. And I come from a mixed race family. Jordan does not. So there are definitely sometimes even in our marriage and in my family where you you do see racism happen and people don't realize it, you know, coming from your own very close relatives and you have to sit them down and explain to them, hey, that's offensive to me because, and it's a lot easier maybe when it's someone you have to live with and have to get along with a blood relative than it is a stranger on the internet. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I think for me, the hard part for me watching the Chris Harrison interview, there were a couple things Rachel Lindsay maybe isn't a friend, but she's definitely acquaintance and she's definitely somebody who spent a significant significant amount of time with Chris. And I think the understanding was that they were cordial. And watching him talk over her really, it made me want to cry. Yes. And then the other thing that I think that Chris, you know, it Chris was okay until he started talking about, you know, 2018, this yep. was okay. Oh 2021 it's not and to me it sounded like a very privileged white man who's like I've had to hear this crap for the last year and I'm over it so I just want to move on and I think for me that was the part that was really hard for me to swallow that he you know that's that's what happened in that moment and um I just feel like he's ignoring hundreds of years of history and oppression and you know you can't just gloss over it and say okay just because it was something I didn't know about doesn't mean that it's not hurtful then to an, a massive swath of the country yeah. and then then there's the shocking piece of so if in your jobs my job we were going to do something very unique and really focus on um, equity or race I would think he would come prepared to the table to understand what he was doing. And I think that's the really shocking part is that he really didn't understand this. No, he didn't. And I mean, maybe Jordan can speak on this a little bit because he's in more, I mean, he has a completely different profession than me. And he's worked in jobs before where there is no HR department. There is no person policing your work behavior. And so you do have to, I don't know, Jordan, what would you call it? The extra. 
Um, I, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, like, well, I, I don't know. Like, it's just to me common sense. Like, you don't like um, you don't do anything stupid. Like, and as long as you don't do that, like, you're, you're going to be fine. Like, um, like, I think when you if when you need an HR department, that's when things kind of go to hell because it's, you know, you're you're hiring people that need some you know supervision and um because their behavior is you know so questionable um so but i don't know yeah I, and i agree with the statement of you know when <clears throat> when chris started talking about 2018 um well like one that just wasn't true like you know in 2018 there was um definitely people that were upset um from the um the shootings in uh in missouri uh still and um you know that that was you know, very problematic um but you know as anna said that you know the systemic racism goes much much further back than that you know it's just in the last whatever you know five eight years there's maybe been more of a, a spotlight put on it other than you know uh, in the civil rights movement and all that kind of stuff so um yeah so i, I like i think that's where he probably went wrong and you know could have said things better but at the same time like i think he definitely didn't he i don't think he deserved to lose his job over that i think he you know um he, you know he the, i think there could have it could have been an opportunity to have a larger discussion about you know what was said and why it was wrong and all that and you know provide a you know a, an educational opportunity so yeah. It's, it's super tricky. Um, I, I think I have appreciated Rachel Lindsay since she became the bachelorette because she kind of says whatever she thinks. And I'm always shocked because she does a podcast for, um, for the franchise and she is, she, she I have, she's a great teacher. I know it's not her job to teach me, but I, I just appreciate her voice and how strong she is. And, and I just, I wish that, you know, people listen to her better, but I guess for me, it's really hard for me to, it, for me, Chris Harrison, the right thing for him to do would be to step away from the franchise for, uh, even either permanently or, for a long period of time because he has a lot of work to do. And I also think it's this really cool opportunity for him to show people how to educate themselves and come back and be an advocate. I don't think he has that in him. I hope he does, but I don't think mm -hmm. he does. I hate the fact that we're all like fire him, don't fire him. And that there's all this hate going on in the world about whether he should or should not have his job. And I, I live in Disneyland. Luke would be like, oh my God, mom, you're, you're like, you're a little Disney princess. You want everybody to just like take, you know, take, take responsibility and say, I have a lot of work to do. I probably should step away for a period of time. What he needs I, to do is something called restorative justice. And <laughs> that would really help everyone in the situation. He needs to examine himself, look at the harm he's done, and then realize you can't just apologize you have to actually put in some effort to repair what you've done. And it might not be with words. It might be through your actions and mm -hmm. what you 
learn from a community, but I feel like at this point it might look performative um, if he were to, you know, with ABC show, look how much great I've done. You know, I think yeah. he, I agree. I think he needs to step away. I think some great restorative justice would be if Rachel Lindsay got his job and was, you know, for the next 20 years running. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that would be pretty cool. I do like, so what do you guys think of, um, Emmanuel Acho, I think is how his name is said. And he's been doing these really cool videos, um, in 2020, 2021, uncomfortable conversations with a black man. They're really great. I haven't seen all of them, but my husband really likes watching them. And he has a new book out. And his his thing is to be able to have these com- these uncomfortable conversations without, I think, canceling people is what I would say. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about that? I'm excited. I think I think it is a good choice to bring someone like him in. Um he obviously has a pretty big following of people. His videos have gone quite viral. So I think people our age, Jordan and younger, will recognize him to a certain extent. Um, I don't know. I think ABC as a network definitely needs to really examine some of the contestants that go on the show and their background. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, it, it is their responsibility. Um, to make sure people on the show feel safe emotionally and physically. And in seasons past, there have been problems with both of those things. And I think this season was just the perfect example of getting enough unstable people together and just going with it. I mean, I don't think that they should have aired at all what happened to Brittany. Um, yeah. There were so many other things they could have shown yeah. that would not have you know, been as hurtful. I don't know. I just don't see why that was necessary. And so that's a great segue. So let's, let's talk about the episode that we just watched, the women tell all. And I will tell you that this is my least favorite episode. Bachelor, bachelorette, doesn't matter. I'm not a big fan of it because there's always drama. And I think I'm somebody who really avoids conflict what do you guys think in general of the women tell all evening of oh, the series? Man. It was the worst women tell all I think I've ever seen. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I couldn't distinguish between it and the other ones, I guess like, um, and I don't know, like I actually kind of like them um, probably for the same reason and that I, enjoy conflict to some extent but um <laughs> i love so, it i love it <laughs> well as long as it's like you know um coming from somewhat of a genuine place and like i think the um like the interaction that anna and Brittany had was good and like um i felt like you know it's sort of like in some ways i think it sort of leveled out some of the stuff that happened on the show to some extent like it brought some of these, you know, um, characters for lack of a better word. And I think that's sort of what they are. Cause they, I mean, I don't know if it, I don't want to say it's the editing or anything, but like, you know, I think that several things got, you know, played up and, um, I think it was good what Anna said to Brittany and, um, I forget there's somebody else that like apologized about something and 
Um, you know, like Victoria didn't seem quite as crazy as she did on the show. And um, although she's still like something's still not right there, but um, you know, like I, like I, I, I didn't mind it. It didn't like, I didn't stick out to me as like, Oh, this sucks. Like it, it was fine. I guess is how I describe yeah. it. Well, let's, let's start there because you talked about Brittany. I thought Brittany was the star of the show just because of how she handled the situation. Mm-hmm. But I also, I also thought Anna came in really owning her apology. What did you think? You could tell that Anna's apology was not written by a publicist. It seemed very genuine. It seemed to come from the right place. Um, I, I think she definitely needs to do more to repair the harm that she did. But I also think, you know, the, a lot of the responsibility in that whole situation lies with all the other women that were there as well. Yeah. Because they didn't, they didn't do anything or they kept talking about it to each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They let it happen. Yeah. I I really did appreciate Brittany saying, I don't want people to go out and ruin Anna's life and, yes. you know, start bullying her. But I think it was really kind of heart wrenching to watch Brittany talk about how, like, when she came home, she didn't want to talk to anybody. She didn't want to see her family. She didn't want to see her friends. That it was that, that it was just really tough. So I think out of that was probably my favorite part of the Women Tell All episode because I just thought that there was a lot of genuine, um, genuine apology, but also genuine grace. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think you can tell. I'm oh, sorry, Jordan. Go ahead. No, I good. I think you could tell too that they are kind of prepping us for the next possible yes. bachelorette choice. Yes. It was pretty obvious. Have you guys ever seen that many hot seats? Like I think I had that was a question I had for you guys. There were probably six ladies that went up and sat on the hot seat. Usually it's like two. Yeah. Yeah, it was and it I, was quite a lot. It it really was. And so I think like are you guys thinking that everybody that was on the hot seat was doing their bachelorette edit as we were talking or as we were watching? I mean, it seemed, it seemed like they were sort of testing them to see how they answered the tough questions. I loved listening to Abigail. Yes. uh, Especially when she talked about how, um, like as a person with, she kind of has, you know, what may be a more invisible disability gets representation because, I mean, I think it's wonderful to have racial diversity, but I think you, there are other types of diversity that they need to consider. Right. And she's so gracious, such such a beautiful lady. And she kind of addressed, and I, I'm not knowledgeable in the community, but that she's kind of in the gray area because she doesn't use sign language and she has implants. And so she can read lips and she, you know, she can she can communicate a little bit different than people that use sign language solely. I thought it was really amazing to have that happen and for her to just be such a beautiful representative of it. Yeah. I think the, um, yeah, I think what you said there, I didn't actually think about that and I'm like scanning my brain back through all the other ones. And I think it does make a lot of sense that those are in some ways auditions uh, to the, the, the bachelorette. And I think, you know, probably this, there's this sweet spot of, you know, in this marketing machine of, um, 
you know, if you can find the most edgy uh, woman that is able to kind of maybe unwind and repair some of the, the stuff that she did over the course of her bachelor career, um, that's kind of the, um, that's kind of the sweet spot. Like if you look at uh, Hannah B, um, you know, she had, she was kind of this edgy, she had that conflict with that other beauty queen. Um, and they, they were in, you couldn't really tell in that season, you know, like who was the villain, who wasn't like, you were kind of equal. And then she was kind of able toward the end to kind of unwind some of that and came out on the other end and, you know, people accepted her and liked her for her, you know, how forthright she was and spunky and all that. And, you know, I think that was one of the better, more recent bachelorette seasons. So yeah, I, I agree. I think that there's probably some auditioning going on there. Well, and Anna, it might've been when you were on the podcast last time that we had kind of heard the rumor that Katie had been named the bachelorette. There was all these rumors out there that she was picked as the bachelorette. So it was shocking to me to watch um, her on the women tell all because that did not go well for her. Yeah. I was kind of surprised that a lot of the women, I mean, not to name names, but Serena C and Chelsea, I mean, they really tried to paint her as a potster and villain, but I don't feel like, I don't think they would, if that was true, I don't think they would have not shown it because they showed so much drama, you know? Um, I just was kind of surprised. Yeah, I think she was surprised too. Um, I did, I never let myself listen to podcasts before we taped, but I actually broke my rule today and listened to a couple of them. And Chelsea was a guest on one of the podcasts because that was really confusing to me because Katie, very sure of herself, a little bit older, um, sex positive, fun, really fun, just, you know, happy go lucky, but also was willing to, you know, tell people when they should back off. And I think what Chelsea was saying was that it was really hard because she felt like Katie should have approached the women and that Katie going to Matt, even though she didn't name names, was there was this whole thing that happened. It, It kind of put this whole spiral into motion for the women where they all these canceled cocktail parties and all this time that they didn't get to spend. And I think we get to see that because we saw three dates that they didn't air. And I can't remember a season where that has ever happened. Do you guys remember that? No, I don't remember. I mean, I've always assumed they aired all the dates, but um, I guess uh, it would surprise me if they missed one, let alone three. Right. And I think the other thing that Chelsea said about Katie was – when she made that, you guys are all getting the karma you deserve. And Chelsea's like, whoa, whoa, we're getting, you know, racist comments and we're getting all of this stuff. And so we're, you know, that that's just not right. And I, I do yeah. think that was probably, that probably wasn't her smartest um, thing. Yes. Even though I am one of those people that when I see karma happen, I'm a little bit happy. So I don't, I don't want to, <laughs> you're like, Yep, that just happened, well, and I just got to see it. It was that <laughs> time to see um, Victoria apologize to Katie 
you know, I'm sorry for calling you disgusting. I feel like, you know, she did kind of minimal work there, but it was very satisfying. Yes. Yes. So, so just jumping onto Victoria for a second, she apologized for Ryan for calling her all kinds of names, but then said, are you a sensitive person? And I, that is such a trigger for me because I think that that's if if you react to something or you're mad about something, um, a lot of people are like, oh, you're just too sensitive. You need to get over it. And I was like, Victoria, that is not an apology. <laughs> no. It's like, sorry, but. <laughs> yeah, I, Victoria did not did not come to the show and and have any kind of grace. I mean, she she was, you know, she was calmer and she said some apologies. But how did how did you guys view Victoria? Uh, clearly she hired someone to dress her, but <laughs> yeah, I like the, the way that I thought that when the, the first episode of the show aired, like I thought what was going to happen is very clearly Victoria was going to be the villain and then, you know, every, it'd be everyone else against her. And, um, so, you know, like I wasn't, I, I think I had very low expectations for, her in the entire during the entire season um and uh so like i guess you know yeah yeah she wasn't the most graceful during that that uh that women tell all but um i also didn't expect it the least from her i i guess is, is agreed totally agree jordan and i think so Luke and I got a big kick out of her very first night where uh, Matt told her he felt like he was drinking through a fire hose and then he had to explain to her what that meant. And so I think that kind of set the bar for us. But there's also, do you guys get the sense that even though she had this very bitey, mean, cruel personality, she was also very funny and you all you almost get the sense that people liked her. Like you didn't want to... You didn't want to get on her bad side, but she was kind of a fun person to have in the house. I keep getting that sense and that she just, you know, they all kind of supported her to a certain degree. Well, one of them made the comment that she's a girl's girl. And I'm like, okay, I'm not quite sure what you mean by that because clearly she threw a lot of girls under the bus. But you do kind of tell that you can kind of tell that they some people enjoyed her presence. Like you saw Kit palling around with her at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember who else. Well, and you kept hearing that she was funny, and I think on that what 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 it was at the dirty story date, they all thought her story was like the best thing ever, and uh, so yeah. <laughs> I think there is glimpses of that, but I was just so perturbed by the way that she entered the show that, like. I don't know. Like I just kind of like tuned her out for the rest of the show. Cause it was like her job title is queen. Um, so yes. like the, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is she's like a trust fund baby that has everything handed to her. And that's the like least interesting person to me. Um, and um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I just don't think that um, she really provided anything to the show other than being, being a villain. And yeah. And but but I think like the show would have been so much better if like from an editing perspective if they just would have maybe you know focused on that and just 
you know, demit and just threw everything else aside um, and just, you know, had maybe a more linear storyline because um, it, it like between that and the MJ and is it Janessa? Yes, just Jacinia um, and um, I'm blanking on the other. There's like a third or even a fourth, you know, kind of uh, yeah. uh, one in there as well. Like it just, uh, it was just too much. And I would have preferred just to like focus on maybe Victoria's role as the villain is kind of was my expectation. Do you think retrospectively that the producers regret putting so much drama on screen? Um, mm, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I mean, it's, 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 I'm sure it's rating like for the, the mass market, I'm sure it's ratings, but, um, like f- for me, like it, and again, coming from the earlier bachelor shows, like it's, it's like one bridge too far for me to really be able to get into and enjoy. So I don't know. I feel like I'm the like old crotchety person is like back in my day they only (laughs) had one villain not 10 i actually think you're giving you're representing men really well because i think that luke was the same way he's just like not interested you know so men dating other women who are causing all that drama you guys are like out i'm out not gonna do this so i think i do think that it's even harder so it's harder for men to watch that because you guys aren't going to put up with that stuff. She would have been gone. And then there's the question of why did Matt keep her for so long? And then there's the question of, did the producers, you know, did, did they talk him into keeping her for so long? Yeah. And I'm sure like, like I was sure back in the day, like, you know, in the, you know, Sean, like Sean season, Ben season, um, uh, that, you know, certain people stayed around not because, you know, the bachelor had maybe any interest in them, but just because there, you had to have some undertone or something to kind of carry the, the season. Um, but, and, and like, I could accept that as long as that was, you know, one, you know, not the major plot line, but it was just, you know, something to, to kind of connect the episodes together. Like, like you have to tell a story and it can't, and so you need a little bit of variation in there. It can't just be like, Oh, I love you. I don't love you. You know, like that kind of thing. Um, so I get that, but um, yeah, I think that it was a huge mistake to just, it, it was just like a huge shit storm of like, you know, a bunch of I don't, crap. I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah. No. And, and I think going back to missing three dates, the last podcast that Luke and I did, we did it by ourselves. And I was like, wait, what was the date? I don't remember the date. And he's like, there wasn't a date. We just went to the evening. When, when we got to see a little bit of the dates, even though I think all of the three that they didn't show were a little rough, like production was really struggling with how to come up with a date. I'm super happy we didn't see the pancake and beer date. That seemed like really disgusting. But the bug date, what's in the box date? What's what's the show that that is similar fear, to? Fear Factor. Fear yeah. Factor. That probably would have been fun to watch. I don't know. And then the hide and seek date, you know, maybe. But I think we got to see like more of the fun side of the women and that they liked each other a little bit more and that 
they were having fun moments. And I think I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of that sprinkled into the season than just the constant discussions and who's in trouble and I have to decide whether they're going to go or not because that got really old. Yeah, it did. And and then they had a whole section with Jojo and Taisha that they didn't share. And I was really upset about that. Yeah. Where, where did I see that? Where they were showing a clip where they were eating hot wings or something. And that I guess they the were. Universe. Yeah, it looked hilarious. Yes. I'm like, Jojo and Taisha are just like, would have been a breath of fresh air coming in. Like you could have done a scene with them coming into the house and having a discussion with the girls about, you know, what, what should we really be doing girls focusing, you know, like a little pep talk would have been great. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I feel like we missed out on a lot. And again, I don't remember so many of these days, but again, the beer and pancake that, and that was Ben's idea. I'm like, Ben, you should not be running the show. That the one that. They showed that Jordan literally said, turn it off, was the egg. Oh, that looked great. <laughs> like, I'm like, this is a recipe for six people to go to the hospital and have IVs. I will tell you, back in the day, and I don't remember where this is from, but um, I used to drink orange juice with a raw egg, you know, like, you kind of like an orange Julius. I know. And then I, I would do it after I'd go for a five-mile run. And um, yeah, I don't know where that came from, but it kind of made me remind me of that. But I wouldn't have been able to do it unless it had been mixed in with the orange juice. So yeah, that was that was pretty gross. Yeah, no, thank you. I couldn't do that. (laughs) So was there anybody that you guys would have liked to have seen on the Women Tell All that wasn't there? Uh, Sarah? Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's probably a reason she wasn't there, but she probably couldn't participate or didn't want to. Sarah would have been great. Um, Heather was there, but then they cut her out in editing. Yeah, that's weird. I don't, I don't understand that. Um, but maybe there just wasn't good quality stuff there. I would have loved to have seen Maggie. We didn't get to see oh, her at Maggie. all. And I keep hearing that she was really funny and awesome. So I think. Ethiopian pharmacist, right? Yes. 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 I would have loved to see more of her. Hopefully she'll be a paradise contestant. Uh, yeah, that would be great. Speed. One hot seat that we haven't talked about is Piper. What did you guys, What do, are you guys Piper fans? What, what did you think of Piper? Um, I, I enjoyed her hot seat. I thought she did a really good job. I, I felt bad for her because she was eliminated in a rose ceremony. And I think at that point in the process, in the past, the bachelor's, have not done that where it gets to a certain point and instead of doing the rose ceremony they just go over to the person and say can I walk you out yeah I thought he did her a little dirty there I don't know that's just my opinion though well and I I you heard two of them and I don't one was Piper and I don't remember who the other one was but they talked about I think Matt's a really nice man I think he's just a very empathetic nice man And so she said, you know, he made all of us feel really special. So they were all blindsided every time he let one of them go. Katie was blindsided. And I'm like, lady, how could you be blindsided? Because there was no chemistry with him at all. What, how did that happen? But I think that he did a really good job of paying attention, listening, being 
present. And so, but then it really caused them drama because they didn't see it coming. Oh yeah. And I feel like, I mean, you never know what their past relationships are like, but you get someone in front of you who's beautiful and handsome and put together and can dress nice and has a career and a great credit score. And I think it's easy to, you know, once they say the right things to you, it's easy to say, okay, I trust you. Let your guard down a little bit and then be surprised. I I kind of think that's what happened. They were sort of, he's such a wonderful person that maybe he didn't give them the clues that they needed. Yeah. Okay. Maybe there's not chemistry here. Right. I don't know. And then let's jump to Serena P, who is probably my personal favorite. She's just spicy. There's just something I, oh, there's just something about her that I like. And of course, the the previews made it look like she said, oh, I really regret telling him that he wasn't my person. But she gets on the hot seat and is like, no, I made the right choice. What'd you guys think of Serena P? I thought it was, um, I mean, I think she did what, she could have, like, I think she did the right thing. I mean, if she wasn't in it, then, you know, you have to get out. I think, you know, the only thing that I question is when did she really start to feel that? Um, I didn't watch the hometown episode, but I saw the <clears throat> the highlights. And so was it like, did she always have this doubt? Did it not really manifest until I think someone in her family said something? Because, um, you know, like, you know, she could have, you know, taken a spot from somebody else that, you know, may have, uh, you know, been able to, you know, have more time. Um, But obviously that's a tough, uh, that's not really tough. This show's not tough, but um, (laughs) it's a uh, unusual position to be in to have to try to make those kinds of decisions in somewhat of a compressed and high pressure kind of situation, I guess. Yeah. 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 I think, I think she, I've had this happen before where you're like, you, you don't, you're not in touch with your, how you're really feeling. And then she saw her family and they're like, what the hell? You don't like him. And she's like, oh, you're right. <laughs> so, yeah. And it, um, wasn't she, was she the like second youngest next to Kit or was, or was she in her like. Was she older? I actually don't know. I'm going to look because I should have a cheat sheet. But I, yeah, I'm not 100% sure. Most of these ladies are pretty young, I think. She's 23. Yeah. So she, she, was, yeah. she was on the younger end. So, you know. Yep. Yep. But she was just spicy. I I would I would be okay seeing. So thinking of the hot seat ladies, we had Serena P. We had Brittany. We had Katie. We had um, Abigail. And we had... Oh, there's one more. Who would you guys pick to be, or, or it doesn't have to be them. Do you guys have a favorite for who you would have bachelor, bachelorette be? The other one was Piper. If I mean, if those are the only choices, I personally would like to see Abigail. Yeah. Um, she didn't seem to be involved in any drama from what I could see. She seemed to be just such a genuine person. And I thought she did a really great job of just answering questions. Yeah. She would be a good choice. Yeah. I think um, Brittany is probably the, um, I think Brittany would be the best choice because it would 
give her a chance to kind of put herself out there for the world again and people can see who she really is versus, you know, getting railroaded by a bunch of other women for no yeah. good reason. So I think that that, uh, I think that would, I think that would be the best. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I would say that would be the best in terms of trying to fix what the season did to some people. Yeah. And I thought she handled herself really well. She presented herself well. She, yeah, I, I don't think they can go wrong. So two other questions. Um, what did you think of Matt's beard? Ugh. <laughs> Jordan knows. I, <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I am not a beard person, but if he had it like shaved down a little bit, maybe. I don't know. Jordan, where are you on beards? Um. So I always run a little, you know, five o'clock shadow, but like, that's just like a little much. And you could see, see like the beard oil and stuff. It's just like, no, no. I mean, like he has such an amazing jawline. I don't know why you would like hide that. Cover it. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That, that is a very positive comment. I think the one thing that I heard that I, that I appreciate, like, a lot of men cannot grow a beard like that. And so he, and considering all the crap that he's gone through and everything he's carrying on his shoulders, maybe it was just a way to be like, you know what? I don't give a crap about what any of you think, but attractive wise, it wasn't super attractive. I didn't think. Like I would like, if you like snowboarded or skied a lot, I could see it because it provides some like insulation. um, I can say from experience. (laughs) Um, but other than that, there's real no functional purpose to, to have that. Yeah. And then my favorite question, which is the last question. And I, so I appreciated them, um, showing this is him kissing with his eyes open and him saying that he had no idea that that was a no, no, which was adorable. Just him saying that, uh, thoughts on that. Jordan. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, well, it can't, it's not something that I think about or thought about often. Um, but I guess when they brought it up, I was like, oh yeah, that is like, like, I guess when you kiss somebody, like they're so close to your face, it kind of more distorts your vision and makes me like dizzy. So I think I close yeah. my, I think I close my eyes just so that like, I don't get like, you know, like, uh, so like, uh, disoriented, you know, so that's, <laughs> I think that's sort of my take. Like, like I, like I, maybe I'm more impressed that he opened his eyes and didn't have that effect happen. I love it. I love I, it. I just think he's he's just so confident that he doesn't feel like he needs to close his eyes. He can just keep looking. I mean, well, and maybe there's. I I, I don't know. I I'm I'm sure being the kissy, it's a little um, creepy. But there's also some, you know, th- there's also a compliment in there somewhere, I, I would think, and that he, you know, he just, he wants to keep looking at you. But I think if I opened my eyes and, and the other person was staring at me, I would, I would be a little wigged out. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate the dizzy and, and that uh, he 
he's an accomplished kisser because he can he can do both. So he's a multitasker. I mm. really appreciate that. If you put something two inches from your face, can you actually like see the detail in it? Like I'm looking no. at my hand right now <laughs> and I'm seeing like six fingers. Exactly. And it's like if uh, an inch from my face. So I don't know like how you <laughs> do that. Exactly. And I guess I, I lied. I have one other question. So knowing all the drama that's going on, are you guys still, are you on the fence? Are you like all in or are you like, you know, I'm going to take a break from the franchise. Where are you at with all the stuff going on? Uh, I've, um, so like I said, Sean's season was like the, the pinnacle of the, for me, the, the franchise. Um, I couldn't watch Juan Pablo's season. I could, I sort of watched Ben's season. Um, and after that, it's like kind of all a, a bit of a blur to me. Um, like, I think I watched maybe half of Colton's season and maybe one or two episodes from Peter's season. I've sort of fallen off a little bit, I guess, in terms of watching The Bachelor. Um, the Bachelorette kind of, kind of the same. Um, and the Bachelor in Paradise, I watch a little bit more religiously. Yeah. Now. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like if, if, um, like I, I watched maybe a little more this season because I didn't know who this guy was. And so that was, I was like, oh, he's not from an, another season. So, you know, because I hadn't really been watching, that was maybe a little bit more approachable to me as like, well, nobody knows who he is. So I don't, there's not like a bunch of context I need to get from a prior season. Um, yeah. but, um, yeah, I don't know. Like we'll see who the, the uh, who the bachelorette is and then the bachelor again. I, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, 50, 50 on the, on the franchise as a whole. And Anna, I think you scored yourself a romantic because he has mentioned Sean Lowe's season twice. And I think I think that's probably like probably a very I did not watch that season. I know I, that's probably one I should go back and rewatch. But I, I know that it's a very sweet season. So and yeah. Anna, where do you land? Um, well, I don't know. I'm curious to see what improvements ABC makes. I mean, as a network, I just feel like they, I mean, we deserve better as people than the job they've been doing, Um, especially during the season with the first Black Bachelor. Like, I feel like the sensitivity needed to be there and it wasn't. I'm curious to see what changes they make. I'm hoping they grow and make better choices. And that's the most I can hope for. I feel like if it keeps going in this direction where it's, it's just, I mean, they used a stunt double in one of the dates. I mean, it just seems like a little too far from reality TV even. Yeah. I don't know. I just think people are going to get tired of it. Yeah. I think I, I think I'm on the fence. It's going to kind of depend on how they, how they do, how they move forward and um, how much accountability and responsibility they take. But it's also, I, I would be lying if I didn't say that it's intriguing. And I think this is a really good moment for us all to kind of watch all the stuff that goes on. And um, it's it's been super interesting. I follow this one account on Instagram and it's like bachelor statistics or something like that. But they, 
they show the statistics of how people's Instagram following grows and how much screen time people get. And I've been loving that and seeing how, you know, here's a year where they have the first black bachelor and yet they're not giving the women of color as much screen time as they were the white women. And so I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued about all the stuff that's going on. It's not healthy, but it's, it's intriguing. And I feel like if they take all this information and do something positive, I will be all in. So we'll see. Yeah. You guys, I want to thank you so much for joining me, especially on the night that you unexpectedly have your four-year-old staying at your mom's house. <laughs> and I hope that you guys go have a glass of wine. And I really appreciate all of the time. And we look forward to talking to you again in the future. Yeah. Thank you so much <laughs> for having us. No problem. Thank you. And yeah, it was super fun. And um, we will we will talk to you guys soon. And that's going to be a wrap for the Son of the Batch, Son of a Batch tonight. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much. I yeah. really, I feel bad that you're spending your night with, like your free night with me. But so I'm going to let you get off immediately. Um, but enjoy your evening. And thank you so much. I really appreciate all the insight. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Um, where are you in Colorado, by the way? At this particular moment, I'm up in Grand Lake, but we live, we just moved to Denver. We had lived in the suburbs of Littleton for about 23 years and we just moved to Denver. So okay. Jordan's trying to convince me to move to Colorado. Oh, well, we would be happy to be tour guides. So <laughs> if you guys are interested, I mean, I, I'm a native, Andy's a native, um, it's just strictly we, better than Kansas. Like there's like, <laughs> I mean, it, it is a beautiful place to live. I will tell you the weather is pretty fantastic, even when it snows. So that was like the big secret when we lived on the East coast. So for nine years, Andy went and worked for NASA and we lived on the East coast and everybody was like, Oh, it's so cold and snowy. I'm like, I know it's terrible. Don't come. But truly it'll snow. And then it's sunny the next day. We have like, 265 days of sun or 300 days of sun a year. It's a pretty amazing place to live. But anybody that knows me, Kaylee, well, not Kaylee, she loves New York, but anybody who knows us will tell you that we oversell it. So yeah, just, just know that. Well, he thinks it's a compromise between Bay Area and Kansas City where we live now, which it might be. I but. think it, it probably is. It probably is. I'll I'll have now see now that I know this, I'm gonna i I'm gonna actually send you a picture I took of the sunrise this morning. Okay, yes, do. <laughs> All right, well thank you. We'll talk soon. Okay, take care, guys. Bye. Bye. I'm not the kind of girl that you're taking pictures with that you're seeing in the daylight. Not the kind of girl. That you're eating breakfast with, that you're talking about to your friends, not the kind of girl you bring home to 